You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. It would have been so much better if Pastor Todd played Will Smith and Justin was Kevin James. <laughs> and much better. Next time. Next time. I would have right? said Gio, Next but Gio is too cool to do that, I think. <laughs> He looks just like Kevin James, too. Geo? Never mind. Okay. It's funnier in my head. I survived the first week of preaching with Pastor Todd. Yeah. (laughs) Only a few more weeks to go. Just a couple more weeks. So, Pastor Todd wanted me to open up this service sharing with you about our courtship and engagement. From my perspective, because you get to always hear his perspective. So, we met through a mutual friend who was my, what was it? Worship pastor. He was my worship pastor. What's the word, though? Music minister? Song leader? Not formal. Like, it can, no, not Contemporary. Traditional. He was my traditional worship leader. My dad was the um, contemporary, contemporary, which is really funny because he's, we Uh, think contemporary. (laughs) We think we have contemporary worship and my dad is like country gospel type worship. So (laughs) think George Strait meets Mo. (laughs) And that's, that's the worship. So, um, Luke, my worship pastor, had gotten married earlier that year in January, and my mom and dad had attended his wedding. And my mom saw all these handsome young church music guys. I was one of them. (laughs) At his wedding, and she said, Luke, you need to hook Crystal up with one of those boys. You really met me, One of those church music boys. You met me all along, right? (laughs) I... She's not saying anything. <laughs> She's wondering where this is going. I have a feeling. Time? Time. You, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry. He got on to me for going too long last time, but he kept interrupting. Sorry. <laughs> I will, I will be, stop talking. <laughs> okay. So, we, I get a phone call from Luke saying, hey, Crystal, I've got a friend I want to introduce you to. His name is Todd. Would you be interested in going to dinner with us sometime? I was like, sure. So we set a date. And he said, I'm not going to make it awkward or anything. So um, I'm going to bring my wife, Haley. And then Todd, we'll go have dinner. Then we'll go back to my house and play games. If dinner goes well, if it doesn't, we can separate. It's not a big deal. I was like, okay. (laughs) If dinner goes well. So we go to Red Red Lobster. Lobster. It always goes well. (laughs) I sat next to Luke and Pastor Todd was the blind date sat next to Haley and we enjoyed to do a dinner a good conversation so we decided to go back to Luke and Haley's to play games which was Battle of the Sexes where I learned of Pastor Todd's love for fashion and I'm, he does love fashion he actually picked out my outfit today <laughs> and so you can stop yes, judging can. me and with that I also learned of his love for Project Runway it's a good show <laughs> Stop judging me. You watch worse things. 
So anyway, I got to learn a lot about Todd that night. On my way home, I wasn't even, I was probably halfway home. I get a phone call from Luke and Luke is like, hey, did you have a good time? Is this someone you, is it okay if I give him your number? I'm like, oh yeah, give him my number. That's I fine. I was listening on the conversation. So yes, he was eavesdropping. <laughs> so I get a phone or I get a phone call the next day when I'm at work around lunchtime. Yeah. From Pastor Todd. And my mom, like a good, like I was trying to listen. My mom said, you need to play hard to get. So I did. I didn't answer my phone. He left a message and I went to the bathroom because I was at work and I went to listen to the message and he was asking me out on a date. And I was like, (laughs) it's so, (laughs) I was like, all right, what would a good girl playing hard to get do? She would wait till she gets off work. At five o'clock. <laughs> so that's what I did. Like, well, that, that was good. <laughs> I called him back and he did not answer. <laughs> so I left a message and he, he called me back pretty quickly. So I was like, okay, good. And he's not, he's not going to play hard to get that. That's I, good. <laughs> now, now that you told, I, I left a rehearsal. Yes. I was in a rehearsal. I told him, I said, hey, I got, I got a phone call. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so he called me right back. We set up the next date. For the next day, we went. He took me to go see Iron Man, and we went and ate. At- Don't judge me. That's the safe bet. Okay, <laughs> it's not like weird, like Fifty Shades of Grey or something like that. You know, <laughs> you think Iron Man will be just you know normal. So, um, he told me at the end of the date, he's like, you know, I'm going to Midland. That's where he commuted to Midland every weekend to lead worship. He's like, I'm going to Midland. We have church tomorrow night, so it'll probably be a couple of days before we could get together again. But can would you be? Willing to come back out with me? I'm like, oh, sure. So I get a phone call around 1 o'clock the next day, which was Sunday. He's like, you know what? We didn't have church tonight. I'm on my way back. You want to meet me at Starbucks? I was like, sure. So Starbucks is where it all started. <laughs> the That's why I love Starbucks. Okay? <laughs> so if you ever judge me, I fell in love with my love at Starbucks. <laughs> That's sweet. Aww. So a few days later. The coffee was good, too. A few days later, he's trying to figure out where I'm at, because I, I, apparently I was really good at playing hard to get. He could not tell We had the where DTR. Define the relationship. <laughs> Talk about going steady for you older folks. <laughs> he asked, so tell me, tell me where are you, and like, what are you looking for? What, where do you see this going? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know how to answer it. And so... <laughs> you um, said nothing, really. <laughs> I think you said, well, my mom says I shouldn't rush into this. You said something like that. I don't know that was, that was when I said it. but You did say that. I don't know if that was the time. So anyway, I decided to write him a letter on Facebook to tell him how I felt. Yeah, Facebook. I, it was on Facebook. Your on, daughter's, your on daughter's Facebook just so direct. Messenger. Messenger. Messenger, not on the wall. So It wasn't a post on Facebook. It yeah. was in private. <laughs> she wasn't proclaiming her love for me yet on Facebook. <laughs> Would y'all like to know what I, what I wrote him? <laughs> okay, okay. So we read this last night. It's kind of funny. This was my response. <laughs> this was my response to his where do you see this going? Hey Todd, I was just wanting to write you to tell you once again how much I'm enjoying getting to know you. You seem like a really great guy. I really appreciate you treating me to dinner, movies, and Starbucks. This last week has been great to say the least. I am not very good at conveying my feelings in person, mainly because of my shyness. My shyness goes away in time. (laughs) It did. (laughs) I figured I figured I would write you, sad, I know, to give you a clearer picture of how I feel. 
You asked me where I saw this going. I hope this will become a very close friendship. Ouch. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to this becoming more. And then I went, whoo, okay. <laughs> but, but I want first and foremost to be in God's will, whatever that might be. You mentioned you don't like assuming, and that is why you were wanting to talk last night. I think that's great, and I agree. So I'm going to be honest with you from the beginning. I don't like the idea of dating for fun. I don't want to date anyone who is not a potential candidate for marriage. If you don't plan on committing to a relationship, then why waste your time? This is kind of the way I've always looked at it. There are many things that I am very impressed with you. You are very much so a gentleman. It is nice to see that there are still some traditional guys out there. You have a great sense of humor. I am really attracted to how ambitious you are in your pursuit in your education and music and love and diversity with music. I think it is so wonderful how you can play many instruments. I love the fact that you are in the ministry and have a servant's heart. I like how you have grown up in a similar, how we have grown up in similar backgrounds. You are very laid back and easygoing, and these are all wonderful traits. Don't forget it either. (laughs) (laughs) Something else about you I have noticed is that you seem to read me fairly well, which has surprised me. Hopefully this can give you a clear picture of what I am thinking. It can also be difficult for me to tell you how I feel completely in person. If we are talking for any amount of time, you will realize this will go away. I'm going to have to go to sleep. I hope you have a wonderful day. Good luck moving everything. Don't get too stressed. I will see you soon. Crystal. <laughs> so why do we get married? What's the purpose? What does the Bible say about getting married? Or getting married? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift his fellow, lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. So today, the reason we're telling you our story is we're going to be talking about how to fall in love in three easy steps. How to fall in love in three easy steps. If we can narrow it down to three easy steps, this is the right way to do it. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. Go to Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. We're going to tell this story. There's 60 verses in this story. So to not bore you to death, we're going to tell you the story and encourage you to go home and read it for yourself. There's a lot of interesting things. In fact, he doesn't give her an engagement ring. Guys, here's a good idea. He gives her a nose ring uh, instead of an engagement ring. Okay. So in case you're looking to do something a little on the different side, uh, (laughs) super biblical, right? (laughs) Teenagers don't use that when you get home. Okay. Anyway, it's not my fault. And so, as before we get into this, I kind of want to give a quick, a very quick uh, reminder. Coming up is our question series. It starts on the first Sunday in March. So, the questions box is out there. Week one of questions, I will preach on one of your questions. Week two, I will just live teach. They will give me questions on my screen back there, uh, and I'll just answer them off the cuff. And the third week, all of our pastors will answer them on the spot. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but we need your questions. So how to fall in love in three easy steps. Point number one, look for the right person in the right places. In Genesis 24, one through nine, Abraham, who we talked about last week, grabbed his servant and said, listen, I want you to go find my son, Isaac. I want you to go find him a mate. 
don't go look here because there's a lot of people here that do not believe in the Lord and I don't want him to have a relationship with them. I want you to go into this specific land in which my brother lives where I know there are women that love Jesus. And so what he's saying to you is he's saying and what the story is kind of saying is is you need to look for the right person in the right places. God tells us that we need to marry someone that is like us. Now, what do they mean by like us? What I'm saying is you should marry someone that is a Christian. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14, it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteous with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? What the Bible is saying is that it's difficult for us to be unequally yoked in that way. Guys, I'm here to tell you, you will fight about a lot of things in marriage. You will fight which way the toilet paper should go over the top or under the bottom. How many people are on top? How many people are on bottom? How many people just wish if you changed the toilet paper roll? (laughs) Preach, okay. Preach, right? Yeah. And then how many people are middle of the tube toothpaste? How many people are the back of the tube toothpaste? The right way is the back of the tube. Otherwise, you're wrong, okay? And so what I'm saying to you is you fight about goofy things like that. How much do you think you'll fight if the person you marry doesn't believe in the God that you serve? It's going to be difficult. And one day, you know, first there's love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby carriage, right? And so one day, you're probably going to have kids with this person that you're thinking about marrying. And here's the thing. The things that drive you crazy about your spouse, you're going to see them in those kids. The things that drive you crazy about yourself, guess what? You'll see them in those kids. My kids are stubborn and hard-headed. I don't know where they get it from. It's very confusing to me. (laughs) They act just like me, okay? They're going to be great leaders one day. But what the Bible is saying to you, the reason it says don't be unequally yoked, it's not talking about eggs. It's talking about the wooden yoke that they put on oxen. Okay, In fact, if I had it, it you'd, it'd be easier for you to see. But basically, if the ox are together, working together, then the whatever they're pulling behind them goes straight. But if one goes to another side and one goes to another side, it pulls them one way or another. So guys, if you are looking to build future generations of those who follow Christ, you must look for the right person in the right places. The quote for this week is, how can we build a life with someone and expect to be on the right track if we start at different points? How can you expect to build a life with someone if you're starting from a completely different spot as them? If you'll notice in Crystal's letter, things that she said is, we grew up the same way What she's saying is we both grew up in a Christian household that valued the things of God. And guys, I'm here to tell you, you got to fish in the right pond. Okay, fellas, I need your help. And maybe some of you ladies, I I don't want to be chauvinist. Maybe some of you ladies might know this. If I want to catch a salmon, where do I go? Thank you, youth. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. The only men are over here, right here. (laughs) Can't even shave yet, but they're right there. Okay. Uh, You go to the ocean. You don't go fishing for a salmon in fresh water. Why? 
because they're not there. Now, don't come up to me and go, well, they swim upstream in a river, whatever. You know what I'm saying, okay? And so if you want a good Christian boy, where should you go? Somebody said Chick-fil-A the first service. You should hang out where those good Christian boys are. They should be at church. We'll see. So don't be surprised if you're only fishing in the pond of the nightclubs and you pull up boys. If you're looking for a godly man, you've got to go fishing where there are godly men. So find, and that's, that's the point of the story. Abraham sent his servant to find his son, a wife, in the right places. Number two is test if they are right. January, or January. It's February now. <laughs> Genesis 24, 10 through 32 tells us, it kind of continues the story as Pastor Todd introed it. Abraham asked his servant to go find a woman for Isaac. So we're looking at an arranged marriage here, but there's a lot we still can gain from this story. Um, he sends Isaac to Israel to go find a, spe- a very specific person. Um, it is his brother's granddaughter, which I know is weird, but this is what God had inspired them to do. They were cousins. The servant, second cousins. Don't, don't make it weird. Second cousins. <laughs> this is what God had inspired them to do. So he's being obedient to his master and Abraham's being obedient to the Lord. Um, and another point is, I think it all has, also has to do with legacy. Yeah. Um, when you find someone, you have children, you want to pass on something to those kids. You want to pass something on to them that they will pass on to their kids. And that's the Lord, their love for the Lord. And Abraham wanted to make sure that their millions and millions and millions of generations that would be brought up under them would be fearing God. And so the servant goes to a watering trough, water or water well somewhere, and he sees this woman, Rebecca, who is beautiful. And he's praying along the way, Lord, send me the right person, send me to the right places, Lord. If this, is, if this is her, I think this is her. If this is her, let her give me a drink. And also, Lord, if you will let her offer a drink for my camels, then I will know that this is the one that you want me to bring back to Abraham and Isaac. And so he goes up to Rebecca and says, Rebecca, I'm on a long journey. Can I, can I have a drink? And she says, yes, absolutely. Here's some water for you. And then she says, and you know what? Here's some water for your camels too. Let them drink until they're full and they're no thirsty no longer. And he's like, thank you so much. Do you have a place that we can stay? We've been on a long journey. And she goes, and he goes, who are your parents? And she's, she said, well, I live with my grandparents, which her grandfather happened to be Abraham's brother. And so he knew that the Lord had put her in his path and that he had found the right woman. So they go back, they have dinner as a family with this servant, and he brought, he gave her a nose ring and two golden bracelets. Um, and, and Todd said that was custom. I'm not a theologian, so Pastor Todd is the theologian in our family. <laughs> he said that was customary to for an engagement in marriage. And so... He knew he had found the right one. He had prayed, and the Lord had given him confirmation. And I'm not saying, I don't think we need to test God. The Bible only says to test God in one thing, 
ever, and it's about money. <laughs> but it is okay to ask for confirmation. Lord, is this, am I on the right path? Am, am, I, are, am I doing the right things? Are you sending pe- me people where I need to be? Am I, what, what am I doing? Um, Proverbs 16, 9 says, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So the servant planned, he prayed fervently, fervently to find this woman, and the Lord guided him. He did the right thing. He prayed. He did not rely on his own understanding. And I think that's very important. So when Todd and I, when I was dating, I think every woman, every, every young girl has an, a picture of what they want their, the man they marry to look like. They have a list. Attribute, attributes that they have. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to share with you a few that I had on mine. I wanted them to love the Lord, the man that I married to love the Lord. And not only did I want him to love the Lord, I wanted him to love the Lord like I loved the Lord. I'm going to say that again. I wanted the guy that I married to love the Lord like I love the Lord. It's not just he goes to church or it's not just he believes in God. He has a relationship like I have a relationship with the Lord. He, I wanted him to love music or be a musician. And I wanted him to come from a good family. I wanted him to be an integri- a man of integrity who would do anything for his family. I wanted a man who loved sports. I'm going to tell you, there's not a sport that this man doesn't love. <laughs> I wanted him to be the perfect balance of manliness and also art, have an appreciation for art. Someone I could go to the museums with or travel with. I wanted him to have a sense of humor. I want to tell you, these are things that I really, truly wanted. I didn't want to marry a man who was boring. I wanted to marry someone who was funny. And I remember, <laughs> I remember when we were dating, I told, I told my mother in love, Mariana, I said, I really, I love how funny Todd is. And I hope that he never gets weighted down with the burdens of this world where he, he doesn't, he's not able to be funny and enjoy life. And he's, he does an amazing job. <laughs> That's one thing I love about you. Um, but something else I wanted to um, bring up is, as I said, my mom did not allow me. I, was, I grew up in a very traditional home. My mom did not allow me to call boys. That was a big no-no, which at the time I thought she was terrible for not letting, allowing me to call boys. Crazy mom, huh? <laughs> Being a mom now, I realize... I realize now why, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, women and girls these days are very, very aggressive, and we need to be women worth pursuing, and if we're not being pursued, if we're having to do the pursuing, we really, one, need to question our motives, and two, question his motives. Yeah. So number three. Well, are you, you, not will not, you will not find the right person Sorry. if you're not doing the right things. It's good. It's good. <laughs> It's almost like you wrote it. Yeah, almost like it. (laughs) It's amazing. Number three, when you know it's right, make it right. When you know it's right, make it right. Guys, I really think that marriage is under attack in our world. And I think the reason marriage is under attack, and I'm a man, so I look at guys first. I believe that we live in a very fatherless generation. There was fatherless generations before us, but it was because of war, natural disasters, things of like that. Ours is just a fatherless nation out of convenience. Dads don't want to be there. Dads don't want to take responsibility. And so men don't know how to act like men. And guys, I'm here to tell you, men pursue what they want. 
We are hunters. We are gatherers. That is the way the Lord created us. And if we see woman that we want, we go get her. Hit her with her club and take her home, right? <laughs> right? I'm joking, but I'm being serious too. We go get her. And so guys, if you find something that you want, you go get her. But here's the thing. Men, the pursuing doesn't stop when you get married. You don't just get to stop and gain 300 pounds when you get married and and hope she still finds you attractive. That's why I go to the gym all the time. Because I want her to be attracted to the fine specimen of man that I am, right? I I want her, when I walk in the house and flex those muscles, she goes, hey baby, how you doing, right? That's why, what? Get back to the sermon. That's in there. I'll show you. (laughs) And so, guys, we are called to be the pursuers. And in marriage, we are called to lead and to pursue. When there's a fight, when there's an argument, we fix it. We don't wait on our lady to fix it. We fix it. It's not easy. It's not easy to go, babe, I know that you weren't right, but you should really listen to me. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't go well, okay? (laughs) One thing that always works for us, kind of our key word to each other, is is team barum. We remind each other, hey, we may not always see eye to eye, but we're team barum. We are in this, and we're not going to let the devil come against us. Because the devil will do whatever he can to attack marriage, but you are a team, and you can't let him win. Because Satan wants nothing more than to destroy the church and to destroy marriages. Because the church, we are the church, and the church is a picture of marriage. And so if he can make us look like fools, if he can make us look like we don't care about marriage, then why should the rest of the world care about it? The divorce rate should be low in the church. The problem is it's about the same. We should value marriage more than the world values it. And guys, that comes back to us being the spiritual leaders. That comes back to us going, I know that there may not be, this may not be the perfect marriage, but we're going to fix it. And it's not going to go down on my watch. God has called us as men to lead the way. And we need to quit waiting for our lady to do it and do it ourselves. And so guys, my challenge for you, whether you're single whether you're married, whether you're looking, whether you're engaged, whatever, when you know the right thing, you lead the right thing and you do it in your marriage. You know, oftentimes in this world, you know, we, we, like, to, we like to play married before we really are married. And what separates the men from the boys is that we do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because it's convenient for us. And so, guys... Crystal will yell at you girls later. That's why we're doing this together. Crystal yells at the girls, I yell at the guys. Be men. Men stand by their family. Men are faithful to their wives. Men care for their children. Men do whatever it takes to fight for their marriage. That's what men do. Men don't run around on their wives. Men aren't never there for their children. That's what boys do. Boys don't have responsibilities, men do. And we act like it. That's not in the notes though, but um, was that hard enough? You wanna yell at them too? (laughs) See, that's, guys, I'm a father. I have a daughter. 
I have kids. This is what I'm passionate about. I believe that if, if the men in this world would step up, we'd have a much better world. And so what I'm saying to you is if you know what's right, do it. Stop making excuses. Guys, when I met the most beautiful woman in the world and I knew she was supposed to be my wife, her mom may not liked it, but in six weeks we were engaged. <laughs> I think she's all right with it now. You know, when you, when you, when you give your mother-in-law kids, you go way up in the world, okay? <laughs> Especially when she gets to hold one, the whole service. You go way up in the world. And so I gave her four because I'm a great son-in-law. <laughs> But guys, I saw what I wanted, and I made her a commitment. I got down on one knee and said I wanted to marry her. Why? Because that's what men do. When men see what they want, they go get it. Because what makes her heart happy is when I pursue her. What makes her heart happy is when I make a commitment to her. Marriage is a commitment. It's not just a piece of paper. We, talk, we call it a piece of paper, but marriage is a commitment. I'm telling her it doesn't matter what happens. It's me and you forever, period. And that's what marriage is, and that's what men do. We don't wait around. If we see something, we do it. And so, guys, what I want to say is this is not condemnation. What I say to you often and often, there's grace. But what the Lord says, he says to us, when you know better, do better. It's okay to be ignorant before you knew the Lord. The Bible tells us not to be surprised when sinners act like sinners. But what he's saying to you is now you know better, so do better. So what does this mean for us in our lives today? I get to do the first question. If you're, if you're taking notes, we give you three questions to challenge you throughout the week. Number one, are you looking for Mr. or Mrs. Right in the right places? Are you fishing in the right ponds? Are you fishing in the ocean instead of the lake? Guys, I'm here to tell you, uh, you've got to go to the right places to find the right people. And once you find the right person, you need to continue to do the right things. Oftentimes in marriage, we just, once we get married, we get comfortable. Guys, I'm here to tell you, this may be a shock to all of you fellas. Valentine's Day is Thursday. Okay? And here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you forget. Every grocery store in America will have flowers and it will have chocolate readily available. In fact, there's one place, plug your ears, that it's outside. You don't even have to go in the grocery store. And it just happens to be on my route to drop off the kids. My wife loves flowers. Some ladies don't like flowers. You know what your wife likes. It's on Valentine's Day. Get her something. Write something on a card, be sappy, say I love you to the moon and back, whatever you have to muster. <laughs> Show her that you love her. Is it a made up holiday? Sure it is. Hallmark made it up to increase revenue, okay? But what I'm saying to you is find ways, even if it's not Valentine's Day, to woo your lady. And ladies, the same goes for you. The reason I have to go to the gym is we have four kids. I got to keep her attention because she's got four kids vying for that attention. But ladies, we need your love and attention too. So don't forget about us. You don't have to talk on that. I need to work on that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I know. I am. <laughs> I love you. 
I love you too. You took me out for my birthday last night. What else? What else could I no, want? No, your parents did. Well, you were there. <laughs> is that all I have to do? <laughs> Sometimes just being there is all you have to do. <laughs> when you're there and we have no kids, that's enough. All right. What does this mean for us? Number two, are you seeking the Lord's will? Are you praying for guidance if you're single? Are you praying for revelation from the Lord? Are you praying for purity? Not only for you, but also for your future spouse. Praying for safety. And if you're married, are you praying for your spouse daily? They come against a lot in this world. Praying for peace, prosperity, perseverance for what they go through. Praying against evil and what we can't see. Because what is going on, but what we see is frustration. What he does, that makes me upset and my selfishness. But what we're not seeing is what's going to battle in the heavenlies <laughs> and around us that is not where we don't see it with our own eyes. Yeah. So the last question, are you done? Did I cut you off? It's fine. Are you pursuing holiness in your relationship? Are you pursuing holiness in your relationship? Now, those of you that are single, that means saving yourself for the one that one day you were married. Those of you that are engaged, maybe it's making it right because you know what's right now. For those of you that are married, what is right is pursuing one another. You know, I, I, I liken a Christian marriage to this. It's a triangle. God is at the top. Husband and wife are at the bottom. And as we pursue God together and we grow closer to God, what happens? We move towards one another. And so in a godly marriage, we pursue God together. Now, I know that we're speaking to a gamut of people. Some people are married. Some people are married to someone that doesn't know the Lord. Guys, I'm here to tell you, God can do great things. There's a a lovely lady who is actually my stand-in bride. She's in her 80s now uh, at our wedding. She saw, huh? She's in her 90s now? Wow, I need to get with it. We've been married 10 years. Yeah, so... She's in her 90s now. She prayed for her husband to accept the Lord their whole marriage. And when they were, when he was in the last year of his life, he accepted Christ and was baptized and she got to see it. So I'm telling you though, those of you, God is not saying that if you're married to someone that doesn't believe in him, he's not saying divorce them. He's not saying that. What he's saying is now is your time to pray for them. And what I'm telling you today is we want to pray with you. Because you're not going to change them. The only person that will change them is the Lord. So what I'm saying to you guys today is we go into our time of prayer. Maybe you need God to intervene in your marriage. Maybe you need to start making your marriage the priority. Because guys, Satan will do whatever he can to break you apart. Because he doesn't want marriage. Maybe you need us to intercede on behalf. Maybe you're, maybe you're single and you want to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright. We'd love to pray with you about that. I think that that's something that God wants you to pray for. And so guys, wherever this finds you today, God can respond to your heart. But I want you to, I want you to hear this. It is not hopeless. There's times in our marriage that I've thought some things were hopeless. But as long as God is there, there is always hope.
And so guys, what I'm saying to you today is if you need help, if you need prayer, our prayer partners are down here in the front, in the back, and we'd love to pray with you. But let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll go into our time of prayer. Lord, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for this message. Lord, I know that for some of us, this is difficult to hear. For some of us, this is exactly what we needed to hear. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be built up and understand that marriage is one of the foundational things that you've said. And Lord, whether we find ourselves single, whether we find ourselves married, maybe we find ourselves married and hurting this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just intervene on our behalf. Lord, I pray that you would just come into these relationships today and bring healing. Lord, through you, there is hope. Through you, you break every chain. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just intervene in on everyone's behalf this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship him. Our prayer people are down.